What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship Podcast. This is episode 85 still, but part two. All right, so this is Acid Chief uh, Rev 7, I think, uh, with Chief Bob, but this is part two. We did essentially like a four and a half hour podcast the other day. I mean, by the time you listen to this, it'll be a few weeks ago, probably. But um, but yeah, this, this is the second half where we're getting into a lot of uh, Chief season recap stuff where uh, he was lead. I was involved a little, but not nearly as much as I normally am because it's one of my last years and I was traveling a lot at the time so um some cool stuff on the final night the just chief initiation process the theory of it and behind it and kind of some ideas on where we both think it should go uh and stuff like that but and then you know we're squirrels so we go off on a few tangents like we always do but uh i hope you guys enjoy this and uh check it out dude i'll go forever i don't care i'll split this into two episodes (laughs) it has been a while it's it's like three hours yeah no i mean like since i since i've had a chance to talk to you well plus you don't have to go to work tomorrow either so i feel like you can just drink another beer and we can keep talking i cannot because i'm out damn it poor planning i I have half of what i have and then i'm good (laughs) um yeah no it's because i I want to talk about the chief season stuff too dude Oh yeah, damn. We haven't it's, even touched it's been that. It's a really long time. Yeah, we haven't even touched that. Yeah, like it's been a hot minute. And we don't have to um, spend a ton of time on that cuz like I have talked to some other people about it recently but yeah, like, no, I do want to know. It. I do want to know what uh how That would that be a good natural stuff. split. Yeah. Uh so this season was awesome. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was um and all the reasons that made it a nightmare. So, uh, and it's, again, it's different and it's unique to every command, right? Uh, based off of resources, amount of people, blah, blah, blah. We made 96 chiefs, 96 chiefs in the area, I think. Yeesh. Does that um, include boats? Yeah. Okay. Um, and some boats did their own kind right. of season because they were in and out. Some did their own final night but they did the season with us some did the the other way around it is what it is right operational takes precedence yeah however like ultimately we had so there was four of us that overall ran the the show um (laughs) you had me who in the scheme of things is a is a fairly junior chief you had another dude who was junior to me both from sub school Mm -hmm. um by most general rules of thumb, it would have been his first year. He was eligible to be a sponsor. Right. And he was running the season. Mind you, he's, this guy's also like 45, 50% done with his CMC card. Like this dude's killing it. Right. He's just like a hard charger, super speedy on everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's awesome. And and I can't say enough good things and he'll crush it one day. Um, or he's crushing it now, but he yeah, will go beyond. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He will be the guy that goes much further than just a cob and retire. Yeah. Um, and then we had two senior chiefs. Um, one who, uh, they're both now they were both from the waterfront side. Uh, and so in Groton where you're, you're familiar with, we split everything by like the operational half of the yeah. base, the waterfront side, and then the upper base side, which is like yep. the shore duty side. So two of the two senior chiefs were from the operational side. Uh, we were from north of the wall. 
And <laughs> that was the four of us, right? Do you guys so, actually say that north of the wall? Like Game of Thrones. We did reference? last year I a whole it. lot. <laughs> because last year with COVID, That's we were hilarious. not allowed to cross the streams. So <laughs> there was a definite wall that was built and we were not allowed to cross it. Because the last thing you need is like some sub school schmuck on shore yeah, duty contaminating COVID a boat. To a and, boat, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, so the hard part was obviously coordinating the four of us, accommodating the vast, wide variety of commands that were in the area. Right. Um, just trying to deal with everything, getting everybody together on the same page as far as what we were going to do, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, I think part of our problem was... Um, I mean, some of it's just personality and internal based, right? Which is going to happen anywhere you're trying to deal with a bunch of high stakes or high pressure situations. You're going to have some people that have like personality conflicts or mindset right. conflicts. And we got through it. And I don't think there's any like long-term hard feelings, at least not from my end. Um, I mean, at the time there was, I definitely had some strong opinions, but like, <laughs> I also understood like, yo, this is just because of where we're at that I feel yeah. this way. And, and so it is what it is. Um, and I don't know, maybe there's whatever, regardless. So we planned everything out. Um, we went with, so the year prior to us, it was very micromanaged. The few people that ran it, ran it with an iron fist and they did it within their small circle. And you found out about things as they happened, not prior to. Yeah, it was and part so of that because of rough. COVID, like because it was like I the first COVID year or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a very weird year, right? So, like, yeah. I'm trying to cut them some slack too because it was a very strange year for everybody, right? But um, so that this year, our year, we made a point of like we don't want to do that. I don't have the bandwidth to plan all of the things involved and yeah. make all these accommodations for ninety something people at times, and so when we delegated it out early it was very much of like hey who's in charge of pt this guy cool you're in charge of pt and we just left it at that and then it was very much of like do you have a pt plan do you have this what's your plan for this what's your plan for this and it was like cool i got it all so we just left it at that what screwed us on that was the back end of having that whole the gaggle of nines reaching out going well what's your plan for this and i don't like the way this happened and i don't like the way this happened and there was a lot of like it was a mix of trying to make them happy and like, oh, you're right. I didn't think about this or I didn't think about that. And some of it was a little bit of internal frustration of like, hey, man, we showed you what the plan was. Yeah. And you didn't yeah. say anything then. So now that we're doing it and you have a problem now, like yeah. it's too late, man. This is yeah. your problem now. This is not our problem. Right. Um, And that wasn't a funny part. I talked to a guy who he's a department mass chief right he's post cop and we were talking to him before the season started and he said hey my only advice from the year that he ran it was um he's like you're gonna get tons of good idea fairies mm-hmm. he's like get really good especially from the master chiefs in the area yeah. mind you he's one of them right and he's like get very good at saying ah oh, yeah that's a good idea and write something down and, and then, then walk it. away and forget about it <laughs> exactly yep like, oh, yeah, and no, I'll like, take that down. That sounds Yeah, yeah, yeah. Idea. No, that's a great idea. 
and just walk away. He's like, get good at that. Right. Which is yeah. funny. Cause like of all the advice that I got, that was probably the best piece right. that I got. But yeah. Um, it was, it was good. And put it Some all it in was, the lessons learned PowerPoint when you hot wash at the end. So they feel heard, but then like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the biggest downside actually was that we missed, uh, two of us, the two chiefs that were, that helped run it. We were both at the SCA together when oh, we did our hot wash. Yeah. So I missed our hot wash. That so sucks. I'm curious as to what happened. I did see a lot of the emails beforehand cause we were very good at like, after every event, we would Ooh. talk to whoever ran that event and say, Ooh. like, yo, send me your lessons learned. Send right. me your thoughts, opinions, whatever, what you would do different next time, something so that we can incorporate that. And we didn't wait until the end of the season when everybody forgot about it. We asked them as it happened the whole time. Yeah. And that was good because we got live feedback, compiled yeah. it all, sent it all forward, right? So I feel like I had a good idea of what everybody's, you know, uh, complaints were. Um, or lessons learned or whatever. Right. And most of it was good. And it was like, I feel like we did what we should have done, but it was, it was a lot, man. Like it was, yeah. I'm just glad that like next year I can be like, Hey man, I did that. I'm, yeah. I'll help out if you need help with something, but otherwise like throw me yeah. in as a sponsor and stay me... involved for sure. Just oh, emails for sure. and stuff. Plus it's, I know you like the stuff too. Um, but yeah, yeah. I dude, I ran it every year. Like it, the first year, obviously I didn't like, so I made chief in 2011, uh, 2012. It was, I had a cob, um, that, which I largely agree with. Um, I talked to Nick about this a long time ago about like the first year during the chief season, he had the opinion of like first years are to be seen and not heard because you're learning how to be a chief on the other end of the process. There's so during, some merit to that. There is. And I think I, I, cause Nick was just like, yeah, but you're a fresh set of eyes and that's the value you bring and you're a chief yes. you're an accepted chief. So you're a peer, even though you're a junior yeah. one. So I'm like, I get both sides of it. I do. I do right. very much agree with during the chief season itself, there's going to be very few times where like, I want you to be actively involved with like input and stuff. Not that, and it's not like I would say that after training's over, a lot of the involvement is is going to turn into training of those new chiefs where it's like so like the yeah. selectees walk out and then we're like, OK, Boots, what did you learn? Like, like, what yeah, do you, yeah, questions yeah. do you have? Let's talk about it so that you understand going forward, because next year you could be a sponsor and we want to make sure that you're the most, like most qualified sponsor and facilitator of this cycle that you can possibly yes. be so that's the part where i'm like i lean a lot harder in that direction and i'm because i'm not saying like some super like because nick is a dude that is like probably an anomaly among young chiefs and because he was like an eight-year chief and he was a master eod tech really yeah, fast yeah. and like so he's like one of the guys that is probably the exception of the rule in my opinion um, and we just we agreed to disagree when we were talking about it because he was just like yeah but if you meet all the wickets like and I'm like, you're not wrong. But I will say though that like, here's here's ah. the biggest thing that I explained it to people about it, right? When yeah. one of the guys was saying something and I said, the problem is, and I said, you know, everybody always says you'll learn more or just as much your first year behind the curtain, right? The first, your first year as a chief, right. you will learn just as much that season as you did going through your own season, right? Right. Well, Which, you should, I think. 
Right, right. Which yeah. which is, I feel like, again, can be true. Now, yeah. the, the way I explain it, though, is the difference is when you're going through it as a select, nobody's telling you the point and the lesson as right. you're going through it. You're Which just I expected hate. to figure it out. Yeah, I right? hate that part. You're expected to figure it out. But when you're on the other side of it, especially if you're yeah. not, if you're by design, hands off, you're just supposed to sit in the corner and mm-hmm. watch. You're still at the the meetings, at the planning, at the mm-hmm. all the things, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. in the room before they walk in and they go, hey guys, this is where I want them to understand right. this piece. And you go, oh. And so then when people are asking these driving questions and you've got, you're trying to present some training as a select. And you've got some senior chief sitting out there that's just grilling you with the most ridiculous right. questions. And you're standing there like, come on, man, I just want to give uniform policy training. Yeah. And it's like, dude, nobody cares about that. Right. But like what that guy is shouting at you when you were there for like the pre-brief or whatever, mm. you know why he's asking and what right. he's driving at. And you're like, oh, I yeah, get it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And, Where and- when you're on the stage, somebody just handed you a weird puzzle and told you to figure it out. <laughs> And Which, you're like, am yeah. I supposed to solve the puzzle? Am I supposed to yeah. come to this weird acknowledgement that the puzzle is unsolvable? Am I supposed to <laughs> work together and then that never? Be who like, cares if we solve the puzzle? Like, like the invisible like catchphrase of the season, like it's impossible to solve the puzzle. But it's yeah. like because you're never going to be right, even when you're right. But and that's it, what's yeah. frustrating to me about the way that we deliver the season training a lot of the time and, and I'm like consistently called a spoon feeder because I explain a lot of stuff to selects and I don't I don't give them everything but I give them enough that they kind of understand the construct of the event and that there's a thing to be learned because like I don't think there's I, I almost think there's no value to a lot of the events when they're thrown into it like that where they're just flailing and they're more they're more focused yeah. on the fact that they're they're they don't know which way to go they have no parameters they don't know why you're yelling at them they can't figure out what to do with their hands so they're frozen and you see that pretty consistently across every season i've ever done or been involved with where like the first three-ish weeks give or take a week the that group of selects is like paralyzed like they hard the reset worst. as soon as they find out they made chief and they now the don't semen season they, yeah, they now don't know how to lead don't know how to follow don't know how to communicate don't know how to do teamwork don't know how to do anything and they can't interact with chiefs because they're terrified of them for some reason and it's just like there there's enough of that that happens just naturally where they hard reset where it's like i think you do need to explain a lot of the stuff and give them parameters probably spoon feed them a little more at the beginning and then start to take some of the like bumpers away so that then they have to kind of figure it out their own towards the end there there is definitely there's definitely a piece to that though that like that came out with a lot of the guidance that everybody received this year right and like different speeches that the mcpond made prior to the season of like right they are all selected. They are all yep, chiefs, the, the right? acceptance part. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad yeah. a lot so, of people seem to have keyed in on that line and his guidance, where he was like, they've already been like, by virtue of their selection, they've already been like judged worthy of being here by master chiefs at the selection boards. So uh, and senior chiefs because it's chiefs. And but like, and you know I what buy I mean? Into like that. Yeah. You had said it like years and years ago, right? right. On an episode of. Like if you don't say you you're sitting there on final night and you're like, this dude doesn't get it. I don't accept him. Right. As if like in the most 
uh, symbolic way, Ooh. right? Because that's all that is. Yeah. Uh, even way back when, right? Even from when you made it right, it was yeah. still very symbolic. Uh, now, some people treated I, that literally back then. I like, get it. Yeah. It I get was it. Ridiculous. But, but in practicality, it was symbolic, right? And I yeah. think that it's a mindset shift. It's not a practicality shift. In practicality, nothing has changed from the people that made it this year to the year that you made it, other than trying to force the mindset shift of yeah. people of they have made it, right? Right. But what I would say is the difference is um, getting people in that mindset and him explaining like, you know, when, when like a football team, like an NFL team drafts somebody as their first round draft, right? These are your people. These are your first round drafts. These are your draft picks yeah. that are televised when you're picking chiefs, right? Yeah. That team doesn't turn around and be like, dude, this guy's an idiot. I'm yeah. just going to haze the daylights out of him for the next month and a half. I mean, they do. And hopefully he figures rookies, it out on his own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Give, there's like rookie day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like pranks. You know and they mean? Like, mess with them. And yeah, but they don't, but they look at it as like, yo, this guy is here to save the team, right? Like, we or, needed yeah. a good quarterback. Hell yeah, I'm so glad this guy is here. Come be the best quarterback for this team we've ever seen because we're going to go win a Super Bowl yeah. now because, yeah. because you are here. And we don't look at it that way. We look at it as like, historically, we look at it as like, cool, now we got like eight water boys that might be able to figure <laughs> out how to, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's, it's that's almost a like they're a mindset. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like why are we looking at it that way when – other successful organizations look at it with a polar opposite mindset and right. it is what it is. Right. But, but all of that set aside, like it, it was interesting and the spood feeding I get, and I get that there's, there's also a balance, right. Which I don't think you disagree with at all, but of telling them the point in the moment doesn't learn. You don't learn it the same as you do when you learn it like yeah i don't know how to describe it yeah there's something different like if you walk in and get yelled at by the co or the cob for something and you're like mm. oh man i screwed this up you're gonna yeah. learn that lesson if you walk in there and they go all right guys we're gonna yell at you but the point of this is yeah no yeah. you're not gonna get the same <laughs> thing you know what i mean it's not gonna i get stick the same i get what you're saying i'm not and i'm not saying that that's what should happen i'm saying no that. no 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 that a lot of times I think the value is in um, like after action, like so like after something like that yeah. happens, a chief going and kind of decrypting like, the response or whatever. But I think there's also a lot of value in saying like because like so when we were doing acceptance this year, there was some selects that, yeah, you know, like there always is that d didn't yeah. understand like why they were really yeah. there, like in that moment. Right. And so, like, I we had them, like, in an RV at this park. So they were sitting there in the heat while we were out by, like, this fire pit doing <laughs> it, right? And so, like, yeah. I went into the RV after we kicked out one guy, like, the second time. And I went over there. Um, and I just kind of, like, okay, follow the breadcrumbs. Like, I didn't explain it to them yeah. entirely. But I, I, you start, as soon as I see the light bulb start to flicker, I'm like, that. And I, like, walk away. So yep. that they're kind of like, okay, now you're at least walking yep. in the right direction. But then I think there's a ton of events that like when you go into training and 
you t- you tell them like, hey, you're going to prepare a training topic and then you're going to present training. And you don't even make it to training because they can't say the Sailor's Creed or something yeah, and yeah, enter yeah, yeah. correctly. And then you're just blasting them the whole time. And right. that kind of stuff, I it's like, what are we doing? And so like, I think there's, I was talking to, um, I think it was John, where we were talking about like the, there should be a structure where it's like, look, there are certain, cause it's kind of like we do a teaching of the creed where it's like, okay, this, this time is sacred because it's a requirement. So while we're in this room, there's no like season stuff. It's like, we're just doing this leadership development training and it's like, okay, then why don't we do that with everything where it's like, like I, not that there's not time to have fun and there's not some traditional stuff that we do. And like, uh, but when we're in there doing teaching the creed and we're having those leadership development discussions, it's like, so when they come into the mess training, why aren't we doing the same thing where it's like, okay, it's, this is not the time to be playing games and yelling for no reason. Cause like even at acceptance yeah. this year, I, I had a really hard time with like, there was some focused stuff that was good and I thought there was some value to it, but then, and this is one of the reasons why I'm like, there should be facilitator training or something because if there's not a really clear training objective, like if there's not a really clear path to like, Hey, this is where we're going. This is roundabouts how we're going to get here. Obviously each case is different because each person's different. The responses are going to be different. The required questions are going to be different to get them to this place. But this is, this is the, the sandbox we're playing in right it's like at acceptance it's like we would start traveling the right direction and then somebody in the back would be like just start just the red herring yeah just like jingle car keys and be like look at me i got something stupid to say and it's just like what are you what value did that add to getting this select from here to here like what did we gain there so i would there's a couple parts to that acceptance is seven hours long I yes, I I, so you, I, so I basically had a forty-eight hour duty day, uh, <laughs> running everything because we yeah. started ours the night you, before. Oh yeah. my god, it was the long, it was the longest last three four days of my <laughs> life. But um, I literally slept in the back seat of my truck the night before final night. Oh god, um, that's gross. Because it was that, or I lost an hour to an hour and a half driving home and changing, yeah, and getting into front. bed, and yeah. so it was worth just sleeping mildly, uncomfortably in the back of my truck to get an extra hour plus. Yeah. Um, when you have a twelve foot commute, it's so much better. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so there's a few pieces of what you were saying that kind of triggered thoughts with me. So one was that that final night, it's always going to take forever. Our CMC this year made a point of saying like, hey, this is how I want this structured. I don't care if they yell this thing loud enough and whatever, right? That's yeah. not the point. I don't yeah. care about that. Right. I care about that's what it turned things. into on my end. I was and, just like, and what are we and doing? By the same token, right? So at our command specifically, we split up the final acceptance piece was split into we had three fire pits mm-hmm. uh that we broke everybody into and our uh, command we alone that. That we had 20 well you had so many that it probably still 22 of years. our command alone or yeah. something like that yeah we had a lot yeah. right so regardless call it 20 people right 20 people takes a long time to get through mm-hmm. no matter what yeah. and it, but i feel like it should right because that's a big it, 
I I agree. It, it should because like that is a very big personal thing, and that's the hardest part of trying to explain mm-hmm. all this. Is like there's nothing that you can tell a group of twenty people that's mm-hmm. gonna get them like they walk up, they say the right magic things, we high five, and they walk off forty five seconds later. But I don't feel like that should happen, Out. right? Because yeah, outside we're make of it that. Outside if you're of like, make it that, that important. Then yeah, make it yeah, that yeah. Important. No, I'm just saying outside of because what do you really lose by making sure that that the selectee understands that acceptance is symbolic? It it wasn't even that, it but was, I think that would help. No, like, I got what you're saying. Guide them there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, we told them. So that was an interesting thing, interesting thing for us. It's the first year that I've seen that based off the guidance that we received. Mm-hmm. The day they got told they made it, right? Yeah. Our first, very first welcome to the mess. They yep. all walked on stage and say, I'm Chiefs like so-and-so. My CMC yeah. is so-and-so, <laughs> right? And they're standing in front of the entire area's Chiefs, right? There's a couple hundred yeah. of us, like 400-something plus. <coughs> Excuse me. So we're all standing there. They go through that. At the end of it, we give them their shirt and whatever, yeah. their chief select shirt. And we told them, like, hey, these are your four season leads. We all right. kind of smile and wave, you know, learn our face. You're going to get yeah. used to our voice. And then it turned into, um, but one of the guys made a point of saying, like, listen, the Mick Pond said, like, you guys are going to be chiefs. Like, on the 20th right. or the 19th, when you get pinned, like that is going to happen. Uh, yeah. Shy of you guys screwing something up way beyond what I can control. Yeah. You are going to get pinned on the 19th. You will be a chief on the 19th. Our job is to prepare you as best we can right. and to get you to that point. Right. How, how ready for that you are. Right. Is the part exactly. that we need to like. Yeah. But literally like night one, like the day yeah, they that's found our CMC out, did the same. We thing. told them like, yeah. yo, you guys are going to be chiefs. There was yeah. no like. You know, like previous years, it was like, yeah, well, like if you get canceled, pitting, <laughs> like we decide we got if you don't. Yeah, yeah, everybody you think, did. You right? think we can't not pin you? You think that has never happened? Like, like I got everybody gets that where it's like, oh, yeah. we're shutting it down. You're not going to be chiefs, blah. But, like, right, but like we made a point, like day one, you guys are going to be yeah, the guy. So did my. We CMC, are here. Yeah. Same thing. To help you get to that point as best prepared as possible, right? Which was weird to me to say that just because, like, previous years, yeah, right, you're that's so always conditioned. Been a thing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also liked it of, like, yeah. when you talk to these people, there was no, like, fake illusion of, like, well, you know, yeah. if you get we pinned, have to accept when you, you get your yeah. first, <laughs> if you get a division in the future, yeah. it was like, hey, listen, man, like, this is what you need to do when you get to that point. Like, got it. You have training tomorrow that you have to give. And yeah, you're going to get yelled at. And I'm going to sit in the front and I'm going to be smiling ear to ear like an idiot watching all these <laughs> other clowns behind me yell at you. But like, part of that is a weird watered down version of like that tradition of, you kind of need to get that humility beat into you sometimes. Some people need it more yeah. than others. Some people don't, right? But there's definitely something to be said for a lot of it. What I appreciated was um, it with as much as we laid out as much as humanly possible to them prior to the event, right? Of course, they still screwed it up because, yeah. like I said, they... <laughs> 
It is pure. It's the semen season for at least a few yeah. weeks, right? Everybody yeah. turns into like this idiot that's like, yeah, what am I doing? And and I have a funny story with that. But <laughs> but it was it turns like as you keep going, people get it more and you're like, Oh man, all right, you're almost there. Like you get it, but not right. You're not quite there, right? Like, dude, just tell me to beat feet or just tell me to like whatever, right? Like just make a stand. <laughs> Do something, make yeah, a decision, yeah. figure it out, right? Like, yep. this is what I want. And and you could straight tell them that. And they'd just be like, yeah, 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 I get it. But then, yeah. they, of course, they have and to convince don't. everybody else. Yeah. And then they don't. <laughs> and they get talked out of it. And, and it's Ooh. like, dude, I told you what to do. Ooh. And and I did the exact same thing, right? Like, I had a I had a retired CMC, like, less than a year retired CMC come talk to us at a training event. The five of us the year that we made it. And he's like, what are you doing? Why did you just get kicked out of your own lounge? What is happening? Yeah, like, like and he's talking yours. to us, right? Yeah. yeah. And we're like, for sure, dude, I got it. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Let me get and back they, in that room. You go in and they tell you to get out again. And you're like, <laughs> ah. Yeah, you walk in there and you try to like, no, I'm going to stand my ground. And I'm then you've sit got down. like, your CMC is like yelling at you. And you're like, like ah, you think I'm kidding? He was get wrong. out. Yeah. And they're like, ah, okay, I'm leaving again. <laughs> feels like the safe move like yeah. <laughs> and like our cmc was like hey i don't know who told you guys to do that that was a bold move but it did not work out for you you're gonna have to go yeah in a totally calm voice right and yeah. in my head they i should have been like out. dude the guy that's retired cmc in the back told me to do that yeah. i feel like i'm good he's probably laughing uh, yeah, and uh, he's yeah. just like shaking his head in shame as we all walk out the room. Like, oh, you were so close, right? Uh, yeah. But like those things, like, so as much as I feel like giving them those those cookies right ahead of time and explaining that helps, what I, if you look at everything in a longer term and a more holistic view, I feel like them not knowing that and getting punched in the face in a training environment where it literally doesn't matter is okay. Yeah. Because, because the next year they do get told this is the purpose behind everything. And so the next year, like if you encompass the year they made it and the following year as a season, right. Holistically, I feel like it's totally okay for them to get punched in the face once in a while. Yeah. Metaphorically, sure. because, because that's, what's going to set it in. Right. Even yeah. to, to your point, right? Like I got yelled at during my season. I think I talked about it where like a guy like came up to yell at me and he like threw a bunch of uh, note cards that I had in my hand. Yeah, he like yeah. tried to throw them in the air and they hit me in the yeah. face. Dude, I and have he immediately me, I'm going to go back. grab a prop. Keep talking. I'll be right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's right like, here. Like I'm just gonna... Yeah. Yeah. But so like, he immediately came back and is like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to hit you in the face. I wasn't trying to do this. This is the point that I was trying to make. And he was, he spent all this time like trying to explain why he did what he did and yeah. his reaction. And it was, but the problem is that it totally ruined. Like, I didn't, I immediately right. was like, Oh, well, that was all fake. Where previous, before yeah. and after that trainings he would completely destroy me on something yeah. that i said and it would be like you said the instead of the <laughs> and you're the worst chief i've ever met in my life and it's yeah. like man i got and but you walk away from that like i really need to reevaluate and you take it seriously right but then based on the following year you go through the season on the other side and you're like oh man 
I was get an idiot. Yeah, and I like, get you gain all those things, and then but you still had the initial impact yeah. of what was said in a right. pseudo environment, right? But you also gain the 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 uh, experience of having somebody give you the answer to the test the next right. year. And I think, but I th- I would think that's the value of like if we created facilitator both. training, you'd be able to yeah, you'd be able to keep the good part because I do think that them getting metaphorically punched in the face like has some value in, because it like creates this stress and they have to like problem solve their way through it. They have to figure yeah. all those things out. They have to like learn to function in that environment. They have to do all those things. But Why also we, the need, day terrible? also we need to get training done. So it's like you have yeah. to like, I don't think there's not any value in some of those things happening, but I do think there we lose everything when it all goes off the rails and we don't accomplish any training objectives because training devolves into this like like we're just gonna punch him in the face and that and because like but, i don't even think there's always a problem with you spinning down and having the conversation afterwards so long as you don't like effectively like break the fourth wall or whatever where you're like yeah. telling them it was fake because like I think there's a leadership lesson in like if I flame spray you because you you found a like a a raw area or like some you triggered some kind of tripwire where you did something totally wrong or whatever and I start getting fired up and yelling about something and then I spin down and I go find them and like do you like do you understand why I I flipped out like do you understand why that's a sensitive topic and why it's so important that you know what I mean like I think there's a lot of value in doing that um I I feel without like that's a, losing value, like you were saying, without like in a very specific way, though, kayfabe that, or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no, but that that one off, right? Of yeah. you going to talk to one person and saying, "I got yeah. so mad because you said this one right. key word, right?" And words matter, and blah blah blah. Yeah. So you explain this one thing to one person. That is a big thing, and mm. I don't feel like that shouldn't happen, right? Because. In the overall scheme, that one guy is going to be like, hey, man, I went back. I talked to Mass Chief. This is what he told me. And somebody else will be like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I didn't get that. And they're going to have a totally different output. And it's going to build that own yeah. friction within their group, right? And But that's a real friction that like mm-hmm. anybody who's worked in any group, especially as Chief and above, is going to understand. Like That friction is real. You're going to have this guy who goes, listen, man. CMC gave me the answers of the test. I'm yeah. telling you, this is what we need to do. And somebody is always going right. to go, I don't know, man. I think we should do this other thing. <laughs> yeah. And there's always, so, so like, that's why I say like, yeah, it's, I am, oh, I am more okay with the just straight flame spray with mm-hmm. no justification. If you trust if, the entire holistic yeah. process and, and assume or think or, bank on the fact that they're going to get the answer next year. Right. Which I understand that is bad, but I would say that you, well, you know, whatever the whole assumption bit, but my point is that if you give them the answer too quick, too soon, too shortly after I'm with you, the overall point is lost and it's not as if not lost, but it's not as effective. Right. And so that's the hard part with all of it is like, you have to put faith in the system yeah. And the Navy and the next command and the whatever that they're going to get that why next year. Right. And it will click so much more where it may or may not. Right. And again, right. as a group, 
it won't click until next year. The one person that you go talk to, they're going to get it. Yeah. They might try to talk to a buddy. It might spread small, small cell. They're going to get it. And they're going to yeah. be like, cool, I understand it. But being able to convince the entire group, especially if it's a large group, dude, that's never going to happen. With yeah. 96 people, I could have told them anything oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> we had, and it, it will not matter. There's no way that you're going to get, now on average, we probably had about 70 people show up to every event. 60 to 70 based on whatever the event was right mm. um just based on scheduling and whatever else but even that like dude having that many people call it 40 yeah. selects that's an, that's a lot yeah you could tell one person every answer you could drag yeah. into every yeah. planning meeting yeah and it will not change it the, matter. the yeah. group of the 40 they are not gonna get it yeah uh and so that's the hard part of like that's what I love about it. <laughs> and so based on that though, like if that's, if we're going to accept that as a mostly true f- situation, then like lean into that and just add that artificial chaos, add yeah. that artificial stress for and, sure. And make them think that they're like, not make them think they're the worst, but like when it's like, yo, your plan of the day was terrible. Yeah. And they're going to be so stressed about a plan of the day. And then you go back and it's like the next year, it's like, hold on a second, man. Like <laughs> I worked here for years and I've never written a plan of the day. Why did it all of a sudden yeah. matter so much? Yeah. You know? So the, and it's like, bef- before and, you get and too that's far, joke, man. We can, go, okay, go ahead. I just want to. <laughs> no, I was just saying like the entire joke is that saying all of this, my favorite, favorite part about the season is saying all of this. Yeah. Next year, somebody's going to make chief and they're going to do the same thing. And yeah. They're going to be stressed about oh, the yeah. plan of the day. 100%. And they're going to be stressed about yep. training. Even if they listen to this, they'll still freak out about it and be like, I got to make the I best mean. phone That's card I mean. ever. Yeah. With spinners on the rims. So this is, uh, I don't know how well this is going to show up. So this is my select e-name tag. I'm going to cover up my name. but So it's like, nice. but it's like, see how the things are like all bent, all wonky and there's like super oh, yeah, glue yeah. and stuff. There's oh, like yeah. three layers. That's so sick, yeah. yeah. So the story is that, um, and I think I've told it on the podcast. I think, but I was uh, chief select on used to boat, and um, we had an SMI coming up during and an ORS. Like so, we went SMI first and then ORS. And uh, my right. chief was not great at his job, so I was freaking out about it. And I was trying to be a chief select, and I was already running the whole division because my chief just didn't do anything useful right. anyway um so i was freaking out trying to do both and back then the chief season like we're underway so like you couldn't escape the chiefs we were i was always doing something and then uh i think it was a, i might have been staying to watch too i wasn't like we did the, it's like yeah it was almost like a ui thing but anyway so i was doing something otherwise but and then uh so i would wasn't getting much sleep. So I was, I was in this, we had right. this little like office area, like on uh seawolf class submarines. There's this little thing, um, like behind the, uh, one of the trunks. And so we're in there and, uh, I'm reading a, like a reference to go, uh, into like the inspection. Like I'm reading one of my professional references to get ready for the inspection and fix some things or something. I don't know. I had it in my hands. I was sitting on the floor behind the seat my chief was sitting in, I think. I was doing like record stuff on a computer. So then uh, I 
fell asleep while I was reading this book. So I like slumped. I'm sitting on the floor and I kind of like slump over. I have the binder open with the reference in it in my hands and I fell asleep and my cob came looking for me for some reason and found me in there asleep and uh, like snaps, like loses his mind. And uh, so um, as my cob's freaking out, he rips the name tag off of my coveralls which is why like the whole front piece like ripped off of the name tag. It came off my uniform too, which is why it's all bent. So then I super glued it back on to this other name tag. And I don't know why there's three total. I think somebody initially super glued one onto one or whatever. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like half an inch thick. Like that's how big this name tag is. And it's still all like bent out of shape and stuff. Um, because I fell asleep with this. I, I was just going through this reference, getting ready for the inspection and I fell asleep and then my chief left me there sleeping. And then my cop came looking for me and lost his mind and snatched my like. And, and then he said, I couldn't participate in the season until I fixed my division. And I'm like, fixed my, what's wrong with my division? And like, I was like, what? and it was part of it was theater for the chief season stuff. Like, Oh, you yeah. can't do your job and chief at the same time. Okay. But then part of it was like, it was legitimate, I think. And I think it was him understanding that my chief wasn't doing anything. Because if we're in the middle of the chief season and I'm as stressed as I am, not that I wouldn't be doing anything, but like, why am I the one doing everything? And like, they already knew going into the last inspection because my cob, and it was a different cob, told me as soon as a debrief was over where they unsatted us, I was a CS1. And uh he my cob looks at me he goes this was not your fault he goes do not take this personally he's like we know how hard you guys worked like you did everything you could like this is this was not your fault this was your chief's fault like the supply side and then the food service side and i was just like which is a weird thing to say it is but i like i understand why he said it because like he didn't want me to go off the rails thinking i was bad at my job because like dude, I've gotten a division together because their leadership sucked and we had done an inspection and they were killing it. Like if you went on the boat as a rider, like if you did, you would think they had the best food service division in the world. Unfortunately, there's all this um, like admin stuff we do in the background that is the majority of the inspection grade. So this division, like it was pretty clean. Like it was a slightly above average cleanliness sanitation wise. The food was amazing but everything else was a dumpster fire. And I, I got the division together with the two first classes that were running it in the wardroom. And I said, look, you're about to be told that your SMI grade is below standards. You are not below standards. Your leadership is. I was like, and I did it in front of them. I made the two first classes stand there while I told the division this. I was like, this is, this is them. Like part of this is them learning on the job. Part of this is a lack of engagement that they, they screwed up and they need to fix it. But, the, and they're like going to ask you to do new and different things that you probably weren't doing before. And they're, you guys got some stuff to fix, but I can tell you that 99.9% of what you guys, you, the six are doing is amazing. It's correct. And keep doing it. Like, could everybody get a little bit better? Yes. But you guys are above standards. Like you guys are the best food service division that like at the junior level that I think I've seen since I've been doing this job. And like, yeah. and I thought it was important to do that because like I walked into a boat 
that I took over a division that had gotten a below standards on their last SMI and that they took it personally because they were really good at their jobs and they, and it was the same type of situation where the chief wasn't engaged and he was more worried about like cob quals and all this other stuff. And yeah, he was yeah. like a number one EP type chief on, on that boat too, because they don't care about all his food service crap until he does poorly on an SMI. And then even then they right. barely, barely care, but the division, yeah, like, I was gonna you say, could tell like, they were, they took that personally. And so I went into it like, I will not allow this to happen again. And four months after I checked in, we got an SMI and we got an above standards, but barely because like it takes a while to like undo all the damage and like fix all that admin. You can't just like press the undo button. So like, so yeah, so here's a totally interesting thought that I had. Um, well, interesting to me, right? Uh, we'll see. Um, I was talking to somebody else about squadron rankings, right? And mm -hmm. squadrons do this, right? So like you're going to get an SMI ranking um, that says how, you know, how, if you passed or not or whatever, right? And sure, doing better is better for you. But to your point, even if you fail it, right? The boat's still getting underway. You're just right. going to get yelled at more. You're going to have more yeah. push-ups to do. Yep. Now, other rates at least i know for radio um as a radio man and so i only assume other rates i don't know right but i assume that other rates have the same thing where like you're gonna get a squadron ranking of how good are you compared to the waterfront right yeah and that's like a pseudo bragging point bullet point on an eval yeah whatever. we get like too, i'm the yeah. number one you're the number one csc on the waterfront right or something right but What's interesting to me is we do that and there is some sort of importance placed on that. But I, while I have a, the Cobb card package printed out in a binder ready to go, I haven't started on it yet. Oh, Bob, send me, send it over and I'll sign the cook yet. chief thing. And well, some other stuff. I don't like have <laughs> signatures on it yet because I promised myself I would not start until you get your MTS. Signature. Until I get my MTS. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, in that case, I will not sign it until you get your MTS. <laughs> I have until March. Yeah. Um, and then after March, I need waivers. But. Yeah. I have no concerns that I will get, be able to get it done before then. Yeah. But regardless, like, so what's. Out of air, my point well, was. Your CMC will probably just sign the whole thing. <laughs> I'm just like, I know you're Bob. <laughs> they can only sign 60 percent yeah, yeah but um no so my my point though bring that up is uh where because you've actually done more than zero on a cmc card yeah. right i mean i'm base i'm done with exception of check ride and uh board. board yeah so up to that point, which I think is like technically 85% or something, something like right? that. Yeah, 85, 90, something like that. So in that process, at what point were you ever asked, where did you fall out on your squad ranking? Never. And it's not even like. What does that have to do with anything? It doesn't have anything ranking? to do with anything because of the way the eval system structured. It's just like the inspection grades. Like you only put it in, in the write-up when it's good. So it's like, if I'm number one or two of a group, then it's going to be my eval. But if I'm number seven of seven, it's not going to be in my eval, which it should. Like, it so should the below standards exams or the inspection score. And I'm not, and I don't know if I'm knocking, if this is a point towards rankings, towards evals, towards mm. whatever, right? 
but evals inherently are within the command. Your yeah. squadron ranking is obviously external to the right. command. So never should the two affect each other. You could be the worst cook in the world, but you could be the right. best chief on that boat. Right. Right. So I could still which, get a number one EP, which is going to make me look like I'm better than the guy that's the number one in the squadron. And, and the, the worst, yeah. you could be the, could be the seven worst cook chief VA, ever. And your, it doesn't matter. SMI. And the one of the number one of seven could be a, a, like a P on the boat because right. he's really, really good at his job, but he's not doing the other things. Now, are you, you know, in a, in a uh, rosy eyed glasses kind of view, those two should overlap enough that they're slightly, your real grade between the two kind of meets the middle, right? They like should, if you're yeah. crushing it, if you're crushing it as the cook chief, but your admin sucks a little bit, you're probably not going to fail your SMI. You might not get the number yeah. one, whatever, whatever, right? But when squadron goes through your rankings, you're taking that into account of like, yo, this dude is good. He is an amazing cook. Yeah. Or his division is and blah, blah, blah. And we're going to factor that in. Um, like, okay. Sure. His admin is yeah. not 10 out of 10, right? He could right. use some room for improvement, but as a whole. Yeah. And again, they, I don't work yeah. in a squadron. So, but they, I would assume that when you guys rank those, you've got to look at it and be like, they do look at the would, whole picture would, for yeah. sure. But the SMI grade and how they do on, they do these things ahead of it. Uh, it's basically like a pre-deployment certification uh, assist visit that ISIC does. And it's like where they, yeah. they run through the SMI checklist assist. loosely. Yeah, no, I know it's, it's, <laughs> it's, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh they factor in how like how they do on those and like the smi grades a big driver of that like if they get an above standards smi it's like you know what i mean like the box for pre underway it's a huge well it's a huge factor drive that it's a huge driving factor of their ranking but like if they get an above standards smi oh, yeah. but they're not doing anything else correctly and they're a pain in the butt for the isic in other ways yeah. then they're not going to rank yeah. number one you know what i mean so it's not like it's the but, end all be all but, but so my, it is a big driver my overall question with a lot of that then i guess like the point that i'm trying to drive is like who cares yeah what does it matter because it doesn't affect anything with your actual eval right because again when all of those cooks go up to go make say senior chief you magically just have a bunch of senior or a bunch of chiefs that are all eligible for senior chief. The board, you've sat one. When yeah. you saw somebody's ranking, you weren't like, Ooh, this it, guy doesn't say what his ranking was. Let me look uh, at everybody else in his squadron. Okay, yeah. And compare so those. The second part of that is true. The the conspicuous by its absence part exists. Like if I'm reading an sure. email and I don't see any like so if they do a whole operational tour on a submarine and they're they were at sea, they like were in the shipyard. And so I'm reading all those evals and I'm reading everything else. And there's not an SMI score in any of those evals. That's like, uh, OK, like but then on a on a guy that that did really well and has the the ISIC ranking because they did well there, too. It It is an indicator that that person like that's that's gr that grade is going to be higher most likely you know what i mean because while i can't i can't objectively count the absence of that information against that person they're going to rank generally like obviously it's a you're looking at the whole record but like they're probably going to rank below the person that does have all those things 
in there but, because I'm going to give that person credit for the fact that I have a lot more clarity on how they're performing. If I know they're number one at the ISIC level and they did well in the inspection and they're qualified dive but, and they're the number one, only EP number one, and whatever. Right. What what if not it, necessarily what if, they if they're the two of, of 20, then that's, that's significant. But if they were four of seven. It, right. Yeah. It, if they I were mean, three still. of seven, right. Let's call it three of seven. That's better right. than half. Yeah. But you're not going to like, who's going to write, I was number three of seven. Nobody's um, going to look at that as like, that's a killer that's, point. I wish because they would. If that's a kill, I wish they would. I but wish that's they- different, right? We, we have to work within the confines <laughs> right, right, that exist. Right. But so, so my point with that though is like. That's part of the gray area of being a board member is like. Yeah. The fact that it's not there is conspicuous, but I can't like count it against them necessarily because it's like that i have to look at everything like and so like look at the that, same thing with my with my eval this last year mm-hmm. right it doesn't say that i was a number whatever of whatever i don't know what i was right i just know that it there's a generic statement mm-hmm. and it ha- we have put it out of our command right the number i think one two and three or something like that right. it'll say number one two or three yeah after that it just says in the top half but if right. if you're performing above Which, Risca, that's the most important part. So you you it all kind of shakes out in the end well, because of the way so that bugs they me, right? rank everybody out and you know what like bugs me about mine. Stuff. Which I've explained to my CMC, and I made a point of saying this opening statement is a waste of characters in a very limited space. Mm-hmm. Mine said that I was the number, I was within the top ten chiefs or I was within the top 10 chiefs at this command uh-huh. or I'd have to look it up. Was it, did it say you were a top 10 out of like a bazillion that, cause there's so many at that command or. Well, the, so that's why I say, I want to see the exact verbiage. Okay. It specifies that I'm the, within the top 10 chiefs yeah. specifically, not right. like within the chiefs mess. Right. Which is regardless of rank. Right. It just said top but, 10 chiefs. Now, mind you with the number of, our, of, Chiefs at our command, there was only eight EPs. Okay. So the fact that I have an EP tells means you your top one or two MP. Top eight. So I have to be top eight. Even the bottom. Oh, of you're an EP. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, that's, I had to be to go to the. Well, I didn't. I think have the to be, right? the There's reason they but. wrote it that way is because they didn't want to write your the your number seven of however many or number eight oh, of however it. many and you're like the I number totally eight of ADP. It. But like I could, if you're an EP and I see there's only eight, which is on the eval, that's a big deal. And EP by itself. I know that I'm top eight. Yeah, I know. But the EP by itself, like doesn't even like if I, if you have an EP, like, <clears throat> okay, awesome. Like I, I don't, especially in that large of a reporting group, I, like, would it matter a little more if you were number one? Yeah. But if you're an EP performing above Risco, that's 90% of what's going to get you the highest grade for that eval. But, so, like, eh, it's so you're splitting that hairs. Re- as somebody you know that read mean? that then, right? And and I I would think, like you said, you're splitting hairs. But let's say, so somebody who's at the board, mm-hmm. somebody that's number one, are you going to look at, is that their 
first, second, last eval? Are you going to be like, well, the dude transferred two you, weeks later. So, like, of course he was going to be higher than the people who have a whole other look. So, it depends. Did you, so, did you have time to go into that? Yes. So, it depends on, like, if you got a or transfer you eval care? that was... No, you, yeah, you have to. Like, so if you... And I'm speaking for myself, like, and I think most board, yeah, yeah, yeah. most board members do it similarly. But right. if you got a transfer one of one and it said you were number eight of 40 chief petty officers at the command, we count that. And that would be something that I would brief as like, hey, you know, yeah, it wasn't a ranked eval, but they made they made right, a right, point right. of the hard breakout being there. So like this, they were killing it. If you were... Um, it would pro- it would be even more of a big deal if it was your first eval at a command and you ranked as number eight out of 40 and you were an EP or whatever, because yeah, yeah. holy crap, you just got there and that's insane. But um, as far as like it, you having one that says you're top 10 and you're an EP, like I would just breathe. It is a weird way of doing it, because why didn't they just say you were eight of 50 or 60 or 70? <laughs> Like, yeah, that is a it's it's a poor way of writing the bullet because what gets lost in the sauce is like the if you've never sat aboard and you're writing evals and I'm not like I don't know, I'm assuming your CMC probably has sat aboard. So if the evals get to him and I'm God only knows the volume of evals that man has to look at. So like I I understand (laughs) why it would some stuff could get by him. But like, yeah, the. It, it's better, in my opinion, as a board member for you to just be very like data driven, cut and dry. Just tell me who this person is and why they should be a chief right. instead of trying to like finesse the words to make you sound like better without saying you were number eight. Like, no, I you're an EP, dude. Like you already got your like. You've already yeah, kind yeah. of like maxed out the quality of that eval as far as like performance goes. Like you're an early promote by definition in the eval manual, which is insane, by the way. But this is the definition is that yeah. if you get an EP, you're ready to be two pay grades ahead of where you are. Like you're, they're saying you're ready to be a master chief, which doesn't make any yeah. sense. But that's what it says. So like yeah, you already, no, already got that part. Like you're an EP. So just tell me where he is. So that I understand that like, okay, he's the number eight EP, but he's number eight of a giant chief's mess, which is amazing. Like, that's really good. So just tell me that so that there's no question, because anytime you leave any gray area, like you leave any uncertainty in a board member's mind, who knows where they're what they're going to fill that blank in with. And a lot of times they err on the side of caution. So like if there's it's like where they talk, talk about eval continuity, if there's unreported performance uh it's bad because like i don't know what happened and it could be adverse so it's like it's like don't make me fill that gap in for you like i need i need as much detail as i could possibly get and it it helps a lot and like if you had a whole like career worth of i was eight of eight but an ep like because i'm really eight of a giant cheese mess like that's you're gonna you're talking about the difference between like uh uh, like if we're grading it like a research paper, like the difference between an A and an A plus, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like we're splitting hairs but, essentially because unless there's only one quota, you're going to probably be above the line. You know what I mean? Like, well, probably, so, but, but it, you know. so that's interesting. Right. But like looking outside of our small command, because having been right. very recently at the SEA, 
the guy sitting next to me who was the air crewman who has ridden submarines, right? Yeah. He had his, uh, not heritage brief, uh, the, we had to do a CDB brief, basically, like explain our career progression yeah. personally and then what it you know should be per the ladder type deal. Yeah. And he went up there and he started his, like his opener to his speech was the fact that there are it's either two or four. I feel like it was two. Uh-huh. But he started off with like, hey, there's however many mil- or hundred thousands of people in the military, 300,000 in the Navy, so many thousands in the whatever. And he's like, there are two of his rate E9s in the Navy. Right. Two of them. Right. And it's like, like that's a wild statistic when you start thinking about it right and so to your point of um that's being in the top eight or whatever right repeatedly but like the the difference between the hair splitting of an a to an a plus for some people could literally be the difference of do i retire as a senior chief or a master chief it could be or do i even make a senior chief and that's the imperfection of a quota driven system like i i don't it it is disagree like i don't I don't totally hate it, right? Yeah. We work in a weird world where, again, typically most people do not make nine without a cookie. You do not make Master Chief without being a CMC. Well, so it depends on the rate and community, like, because surface cooks, man. Like, no, 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 within our world. Okay. Yeah. I thought I'm like, there's like, yeah, yeah. It's submarines for sure. There are very rarely people that pick the easy way. Not the easy way, right? Right. But like the traditional path. You make nine for making match with a cookie is, is being a cop. With yeah, being a cop. Sure. Or an EDMC. But yeah. 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 Or an EDMC, right? So like those are the two common ways, yeah. right? With two small exceptions of ANAV and three MC, maybe. But even then, but yeah, like, they're like me. Like it's I think those guys, they're making rare. it in rate. So they're just an in rate unicorn. There's not it doesn't I don't think it oh, happens yeah. commonly in any rates like the only one i've seen it no. more than more than one time in is missile techs on bns that's the only because they do that swiss mic thing and then they yeah. kind of did all the other things and so like yeah i've seen more it's, than one guy make master chief without being it's rare yeah, for sure though. super rare like compared to the rest of the navy yeah where that's a totally normal it's thing. totally normal yeah and that's a weird thing for us where like I get hung up on like, dude, there is no nine radio men. Yeah. Like, yeah, they <laughs> exist. I get it. You know what I mean? But like realistically, right. And I have a better chance of being a, the Mick pawn or the <laughs> than I do at being the nine radio men, yeah. like going the CMC, the, the command route and running up that trail, I have a better chance of being more successful at that yeah, than I do at sure. putting on nine as a radio man. Yep. And that's, that's wild to me, but to the rest of the Navy, that's like, I, no, that's what you do. What like, I don't understand we have is the, our best experienced, most knowledgeable yeah. rated people as nines. I don't understand like, nah. why there's not a more like there's not, and I guess warrant would be a way, but not every source rating has a logical path to warrant so like no the i don't understand i and i asked somebody this question and never got a straight answer like it was a nav sub cmc that came to visit 
the A school when I was working there, but I was like, why for a guy like me? So I've done two chief tours on submarines. And if yeah. I, if I didn't want to be a cob, which at the time I did, so it was a moot point, but like, right. If I didn't want to be a cob and wanted to stay in rate, why isn't there a path for me to just go be the department master chief on an aircraft carrier? Why can't I just undesignate submarines and go bring all this experience to the surface community or whatever. Like I could go be the food service officer at a base galley. I could go do, there's a bunch of stuff I could do in rate that would benefit the Navy greatly and stay an in rate expert. Cause you could even, one of the things that I was always salty about was when I was at the A school and I was the SEL as a chief. And then I made senior chief was that we didn't have a master chief. And like at one point we did, and but he was an enlisted aide that like uh, overall generally, like he was a good dude and he was trying to do what was right, but he was so disconnected from reality, like the reality of being in the real Navy that it was counterproductive. And so he ended up kind of just, he had a bunch of medical problems wrote off in the sunset and I relieved him. But like having an E9 in that job was so freaking valuable at that command because we were interfacing like go go back to two hours ago when we were talking about other services interacting with like mm-hmm. the Marines, the Army, the Air Force. They had an E9 for everything. So I'm like, what's the difference? <laughs> like why is the because the Marine Corps detachment was way smaller than us. Their footprint on that base was way smaller than us. They had an E9 in charge of just the schoolhouse side of it. And then they had a command sergeant major in charge of the detachment. Why do they get two? And I'm a bigger detachment for the Navy and I get zero. And it's so I'm like, what sense? This doesn't make any sense. But the Navy has gotten into that culturally, like that habit of a lower rank can do it. And it's like, yeah, they can, but you're not best served in that way. Cause I should have every other branch also had. So the air force, Marine Corps and army, all had like uh, O5s running everything. So like they had a lieutenant colonel running everything. So like the commanding officer of the Marine Corps detachment, lieutenant colonel. The commanding officer of the like food service school itself, lieutenant colonel. The commanding officer of the training air wing for the Air Force, lieutenant colonel. And we had a CWO2 that was useless. And so it's like when we're trying to interface, because it's not a true joint base, when we're trying to interface right. with any other service, like are, I had to, I had to get my 06 captain in Newport, Rhode Island on the phone so many times to deal with this stuff or have my CMC for in Newport, Rhode Island and make a phone call. Cause like they would have the, the CAS or the, the army general that was in charge of like the big command on the base wanted us to all play nice together, except the functionally they would not talk to me because I wasn't an E9. They had little meetings where the E9s would get together and talk and they wouldn't invite me to the meetings. They just kept asking me, where's your E9? I'm like, Newport. I don't have one here. It's me. I am the most, I am am, your manager. I am the senior enlisted for the Navy detachment on on this base. And they're like, well, just call us when your E9 gets there. I'm like, there is no E9. There's nobody coming. There's nobody inbound. I am your manager. Your job is done. I'm it permanently. Like this isn't a, t- I'm not filling a gap. Like I'm it. You're, I'm all you're going to get. And then even when I made eight, they were still like, nope, call us when your E9 get. I'm like, there is no E9 there. It's never going to happen. And then I got relieved That's- by a senior chief. So I'm just like, what I, it was so stupid, but I understood 
culturally, they had E9s for everything, man. They had E9s below the E9s that they were, that I would have been interfacing with. Like they had E9 like department chiefs. And I'm just like, well, I can't, like, I couldn't get it's, anything done ever because they wouldn't I talk to me. I will say that that's, that's a big thing that we love to tout in the Navy mm-hmm. that other branches do not have of, for us, a chief is a chief is a chief, yeah. right? The mess is but the it mess. Doesn't translate. You are all the same. Yeah. Now, minus, obviously, there's exceptions right. for CMC at higher yeah. level commands, blah, 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 right? But generally speaking, right, like, I feel like the Navy yeah. is ingrained enough that we we legitimately treat that the same. Like, when you go to a meeting for something, the brand new dude that made chief three months ago that yeah. raises his hand to, to make a point, you're like, okay, yep. yeah. And then you have this grizzled yeah. old senior chief A-ganger in the back right. who's like, I've pumped so many tanks, I don't even know <laughs> what day it is, right? Like, yeah. But, like, that guy... Their, their opinions are the same, right? Like, we treat the chief's mess as the yeah. chief's mess, like I, right? It's not the chief's and the senior chief's and the right. mess chief's mess. It's all one, right? Like, I met Where that other- CMC that you know, that you talked about, that he's been a master chief since I made chief, like that guy. I met him this morning and shook, oh, his, yeah, hand, yeah. shook his hand. He introduced himself by his first name. I'm like, that oh, guy's like been a dude ever, right? He's been, a, yeah, he's super chill, nice, really <laughs> nice. And I get like, yeah, we're both master chiefs, but like, I just Come made on. it. That dude's been a master <laughs> chief since before I had gray hair. Like he's literally been, since you made chief. Yeah, as long as I've been a chief, which has I've been a chief a decade. Like it's he's been, he's a, been a master chief since then, and so it's just and yeah. that dude's yeah. I, I'm his peer in his mind. Yeah. Like and yes, no, te- functionally but, he's my boss, but like yeah. But but again, at it's a different. meeting, what you say, he right. would not based on the culture that we are raised in, right? You yeah. would listen to him the same. He would listen to you the same, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, now again, there, you're going to take a grain of salt. It's going like, through Yo, filters. Yeah. In your head. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm putting but, it through the, that guy's a brand new chief filter in my mind, but I'm still considering it in a way that I don't yeah. know that other services do. Whereas that was a big thing that I asked about when I was talking to. So, we here's the interesting mix at the SEA. We right. had a Marine in our group who had not gone through the season. He's a senior right. or an E8. Um, I talked to him, but he's the technical side, right? He's a master sergeant. Yeah, yeah. So he's the technical side of, of his job. Yep. And um it was very much of like, so I remember talking to him, like, dude, would you listen to like an E7 telling you the same thing? Like, if a gunny told you this, would you and it was kind of like, uh, it depends. Yeah. If it was in a technical aspect, maybe. But, like, it was not the same as us where it was very much like a chief is a chief is a chief, right? Yeah. Where we also had a, so one of our FAs, one of our FAs was, I told you, was a, uh, she was 65 days into, re- into. Yeah, before she took the job. Leave, and then she came back, which is wild to me. Yeah. However, uh, she's a chief, right? Our mm. second FA was a Marine E9. Mm. He went through the season this last year. And so I remember talking Damn to it, him. Master guns, he went through the season? Dude, it was wild. Mm. All right. So I remember running through, so it gets even better than that. Though. <laughs> but, so I'm running with him and I'm talking to him and I'm like, dude, how was it? 
right? As like, an E9. You yeah, were an that's... E9 in the Marines, right? Like yeah. you are in the most non-PC terms, like you're a man's man, right? Yeah. How do you feel? Like, what was your experience? He's like, dude, I loved it. It yeah. was amazing. And I remember laughing at it. And then so I'm like, of course he's going to say all that stuff, right? You're like the leadership boot camp. Everybody's gung-ho. Yeah. This, everything's amazing, right? And I'm like, no, but like, how bad was it for you being here when like, and that's like, did you, did you have the same thing where you were like, it was semen season where you couldn't figure out how to do basic things. And he's like, dude, all the time we sit <laughs> around and he was like, why can't we get on the same page? And he's like stressed yeah. out about these basic dumb things. Right. Yeah. And I remember laughing. That's he's what's like, dude, you for- weird about. Like, yeah. The Marine Corps, well, like the leadership stuff. Cause we involved them in our chief season at uh, the army base. And it was a bunch of gunnies that had been de- drill instructors and they universally loved it. And I was just like, dude, why do they react so positively? Like, I don't know if maybe rigidity. Yeah, maybe the the leadership development stuff that they do is just different. And so when they get to p- play with us and see the, just, and they're like, "Man, that's so cool! We wish we could do that, and we wish." So we had gone when I the talked season. to our FA, he made yeah. a point of saying, "Like, dude, it was the coolest thing I've ever done. Mm. Had no desire, never thought about it. Yeah. It was never a thing." But he's at a Navy base at literally the Navy's Senior Enlisted Academy. Yeah, right. Why not? All the homegrown people are chiefs. Yeah. When you're not that guy, yeah. But there's an opportunity to okay, be yeah. That, that guy, makes a lot more sense than even he would symbolically. Go through, yeah, that makes a lot more like, sense. I didn't think about that. How do you say no? Yeah. If you say Might no well. to that, you're and plus immediately you're already a master gun, so it's like right. whatever. Like <laughs> go through it and just he could have just checked but, the box too, but it sounds like he got really into it. No, but my favorite part was like the very short times that I had a, t- a chance to talk to him about that. Yeah. He, it, what was funny slash interesting to me is that he had the exact same experience that we did. Yeah. That's funny. He was just as stressed, just as like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I How mean, do I muster people. I feel like he would How get stressed I- about all these selectees are idiots and like wanted to just throttle all of them because he already knew the answers to the test but like he, he had have. to like it's like a group project in college where you're like trying and he's like you idiots like wanting to kill them all because he was doing all the work kind of thing and still no, getting I loved in trouble it though. Yeah. he was so about it though <laughs> that's like, cool man. i absolutely loved it it made me so I love, much happier yeah i love when other but services do it i think it's cool here me too but here's the coolest part right one of the fa's at the senior Osset academy right now is a german navy yeah, yeah. master chief yep this guy lars i forget his last name i wonder um, if it's the same guy there was a guy there when i did it that i wonder so, if they left him there like forever because like no, there was a german guy there when i was there and i want to say maybe. his name was lars so but it could just be a lars, different lars maybe it's like a yeah a bill it's also like the, the first thing yeah <laughs> maybe it's like a german smith you know like yeah no, so Lars had made a joke when he did his, he did a brief, right? Yeah. He did a, like, this is the background of the German Navy, so you understand where yeah. I'm coming from. Yep. He was basically the equivalent of a German SEAL. Okay. Um, He's explaining all this stuff, right? And the dude is so dry and yeah. so funny in the most dry way, which is like, uber german right yeah and no, <laughs> no pun intended on using the word uber, uber. 
but see what you did he was there. this dude was amazing but um he was a different color groups fa but he went through the season yeah and one of the guys in our group right he was an ocs red rope he was an rdc for the officers this dude has said i think this year is his 10th year as a chief Ooh. he's not made senior chief wow um and he's like dude this is my 10th season as a chief and I've never seen a foreign country go right. through it. Right. Like he's seen what rate is branches, he? Right. Huh? What rate is he? The 10 year chief. He's, he was an A B. Is there a story there? Like why he hasn't gotten promoted? He did a tour. So naturally he speaks Farsi. Um, okay. he had done tours with, he had done tours with seals. Oh, as a, like out of rate uh, stuff. Translator. He had done a lot of out of rate stuff. He had brought up the fact yeah. that his. So he's an AB with a combat action ribbon. Submit which is a letter weird. to the board explaining that stuff. I had. It matters. He, like he had also. Yeah. He, now he had also made a point of saying he. Uh, he was out of rate. His ladder says that there is exception given to Ooh. basically red ropes but yeah. it specifically says red ropes at rtc yeah he brought up to the mick pond yo i'm a red rope but my ladder says at rtc uh-huh. can we fix that because i'm an yeah. i'm a red rope but i'm at ocs which means nothing yeah. per my ladder Right. Uh, and you having sat the board, I can't imagine depending on the person reading it. If you're looking yeah. that, that you'd have looking, to be pretty dense to not give that guy credit for being an RDC. Like I get it, but that's malicious compliance. Like if I was his board member, I'm like, this guy's a red rope at, uh, for OCS. That's the same thing to me. Like you're doing the same thing in my well, mind. Come on, you it's were, just as important to the Navy. You're telling me that there's not another dude in I'm that sh- room who would be like, I'm sure. well, it says at RDC. I'm sure there is some RTC. moron that would say that out loud who I would then body in that room. Like, I just like, <laughs> you're. I guarantee I, it's happened. But it, it probably has. And that's just, they did a poor job of writing his, his EC or enlisted career path. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, but that was his point. Like. Dude, but, write but a letter way, to the like, board explaining it. And I'm talking like a long, detailed. I had a kid in a similar situation that like because of a special skill, he got snatched out of rate. But what he was doing was arguably more important to the Navy yeah. and the and the national defense than right, right, what right. he would have been if he was in rate. So it's like for me, it was like that meant a lot to me. And I went hard for that kid. And but but that's you know like the 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 isms of the navy right of where that ism where you care about that yeah but if it was a totally different dude a different cycle a different chief sure who's looking at it who Um, goes dude i don't care that this guy did this stuff that's not what his board says get out of here sure i'm putting a modicum of trust in the system and i can tell you most board members are you turn into a cheerleader for these people. Like you, it's like the thing you were saying about as your SEA homies, like you wanted them to succeed. And so you kind of turned into, there were a couple like Dude, but, negative Nancy's, but, but most had, people were like cheerleaders. You had made a point of saying after you went to the board, I talked to you directly afterwards. Right. 
And you had made a point of saying that you were disheartened with a lot of that. I was. In the fact that there was so many people that were hardcore because we discussed that. Yeah, that's true. Our ECP makes a point of saying shall. Yeah. Where a lot of the other ratings or other communities will say should. And that made a huge difference, right? right? And I would also argue that the person uh, briefing that... Mm -hmm is a huge difference when you go, well, this guy was a, an interpreter with a SEAL team. Or if you go, yo, this dude was a fucking interpreter yeah, for a SEAL team as an AB, right? Yeah. Like th- those come across very differently. Yeah. I, I feel like that's got that just as a human being the, that has to sway. Honestly, the, the way that, that it would get said is. Mind. The way that it would get said if it was the first version would be this guy was out of rate. You know what I mean? If you had that type of a person that was going to maliciously comply to the ECP, they would say, like, they would brief that, oh, he was out of rate, not not in compliance with the ECP, and not best of fully qualified or whatever. Yeah, it is crazy. But I, what I'm, holistically, that's crazy. What I'm saying though is I don't think that would happen in that particular case, there's probably cases out there where like, uh, where like, so if let's take the interpreter for a seal team out and let's just say that he's just the red rope for it, OCS. To be honest, I don't know uh, a, a ton about this dude's in-depth career. I didn't right. Look at his. No, I no, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying like f- for, for example, like imaginary candidate, like yeah, no, when you're, cons- opposite yeah, when advocate. you're, when you're considering the point of somebody uh, being an RDC for OCS instead of RTC and and their ECP says you RDC for RTC is the important thing, but an RDC for OCS right. is whatever. Like, I still don't think most people are going to maliciously comply to that bullet point. Are there some people that would do it? Sure, there are. But like more often than not, yeah. I'm going to say they're going to get credit because like you don't. You're not going to see that because it's going to say an RDC at RTC and like the person I bet you, I bet you a hundred bucks easy. The person that wrote that ECP has no idea there's RDCs at OCS. I didn't know until I showed up to the senior enlisted Academy. So a lot of people have no idea that's real. (laughs) So like, that's why it says that. And so they like, I would have the, the normal response would be like RDC at OCS be like, there's RDCs at OCS and you'd like go walk around the room and ask questions. And we have, we have CMCs like on standby, like we have our board senior enlisted advisor. And then we have like a Millington CMC. That's like our like babysitter or whatever. I can walk into another room and go, are there RDCs at OCS? And they're like, Oh yeah, they do that. And they're like, Oh, okay. So then I would just give them credit for being an RDC the end but and the same thing like did they get their mts but dude i'm what i'm telling you is and again it's only based on my one experience on one panel at one board but what i saw happen what i saw happen the entire time we were there was people get up and go do that and part of it would be like okay if there were submarine questions they would come to me or the other two submariners in the room and ask submarines and then when i was doing surface records i'd be like hey what does this mean and like we would talk about it I had the ability to look stuff up. I had the ability that, to no, walk no, outside that, the room and ask questions. So that yeah. instills and it did happen. more. That instills more faith in me, right? For sure. So yeah. when I, because I didn't talk to you about it in 
much in depth after you did it. Yeah. I talked to you a little bit about it, right? But um, there's only so much that you can say. Right. I don't know what you can or can't, right? And at this point, maybe you've forgotten about some of it and you're not supposed to say something, but it, it is what it is. It, but, most of it's just you can't talk about specific candidates' it. records, which yeah, I, wouldn't, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't remember anyway because, like, I'm there was like four hundred thousand yeah like so i'm like i would have had to take notes which i couldn't do and take which is the depressing part that you saw four hundred thousand of them that's a problem that i have with the process yeah yeah and then i was grading largely not submarine records and i remember that yeah but but my point was like so well so this guy when he did all this stuff right again i don't know his background maybe he pissed somebody off maybe he did something maybe he didn't qualify i don't know his history Right. right Um, I know the guy fairly well now, but, and I know what he's done more recently and I, I know what he's done largely and I see it and I'm like, how has this dude done 10 years and he can't put on a star. Right. And again, he's already, he's the guy that already has his papers submitted and approved and and he's retiring. But I will say on the benefit side of you've said it, previously and i've kind of pseudo adopted it of i've never you had made a point that you talked to a buddy on the boat before Ooh. you made senior chief of like i've never needed a star to do anything right right and i kind of said the same thing i was talking to my fa and she was like oh you'll you'll make senior chief soon enough and i was like you know what dude like not having a star has never held me back yeah and so like Obviously, I would like to. Right. But in the scheme of things, when I look at it, when I step back and I look at it, it literally doesn't change anything with what I do, what I think, right. what I can do. The In the the basic sense of I cannot put in a command senior chief package until I'm a senior chief. Right. It's like just a prerequisite. Which it, right. Yeah. But like. That's literally the only thing that's holding, it's not even holding me back now because it's not like right. I'm sitting here with a package ready to submit tomorrow that I can't do. Well, if you'd hurry up and get so, your freaking MTS done, yeah, you'd be yeah, working yeah. on your card and then you really you. would be sitting there waiting. I <laughs> I guarantee yeah. if I wanted to, I could get both done before I transfer. I know. Here. And so you should get hot like fire. The other thing I was going to so, say but, was but, with But my your, point was yeah. like, Good. With him is is that or with in general was like a star has not held me back. Yeah. And with this guy, he does not listen to any of this. He doesn't care about any of this. Yeah. But he is very much of the same mindset of You weren't advertising for me while you were at SEA, you terrible I person. Tried. I'm kidding. Dude, I had I'm a, <laughs> I should have sent you a bunch had of stickers. A don't give up the ship flag. Yeah. In my barracks room or yeah. hotel room. I uh, but nobody came there. So yeah, I should have given you a bunch of swag to pass out while you're there. But anyway. But you know what I mean? Like nobody was like he had never felt like, man, if I was a senior chief, I could have done X, Y, yeah. Z. Yeah. He like he is where he is. He he has the same very much the same mindset. He doesn't feel shafted. Obviously, it's like cool. I wish I could have made senior chief. I feel right. like I've done what I need to do. Yeah. And I totally understand that mm-hmm. mindset. But he did not have a, like, I could do more or yeah, I could do whatever. Yeah. He was very much of like, yo, I don't really care, dude. I'm a red rope and their world is totally different. And mm-hmm. he's like, dude, I'm at o- OCS, like, or OTCN, right? Officer yeah, Training yeah. Candidate 
something. Yeah, school. But he bro. was like, dude, I could literally like walk up to a, a recruit officer, point at him, and tell him to drop and do eight counts for 10 minutes. For no, absolutely no reason. <laughs> just be like, it would be funny to watch this dude do push-ups for 10 minutes. And he'd be like, you, stop. Do push-ups for 10 minutes. And then just walk away and not care. Like, yeah. he's like, dude, I don't need, like, there is right. no, like, power complex. There's yeah. no this. And he's also like, I'm not even trying to fight for evals because he's like, I'm already approved to retire. To retire, yeah. I'm a one of one. I Nothing what happens to this command matters. And he has, like, almost a year left of that command. And, Ooh. of course, he's still, like, crushing it. He's still yeah. doing what he's doing because that's the mindset that you want. But, like, it's just interesting to me that that type of person is there. Right. But when that guy was, like, in 10 years that he's been in, the, in as a chief, he has never seen a foreign service go through. I've seen okay. other branches, yeah. other U.S. branches go through the season. He's never seen a foreign country go through. Right. So all of this, I don't remember where I was going with it to begin with. I'm sorry if you're still <laughs> listening good. to this. However, <laughs> it triggered a thought in my head, in yeah. my pea brain, uh, that we had Lars go through it, who's a German master chief, mm-hmm. who went through the season, right? And I remember we did a khaki social at the club there, right? I watched the one seal that was there who's basically like when this guy described his career mm-hmm. as a German Navy brief, like he was a German seal. Yeah. And so like the, the one seal that we had pins this dude with a seal on his chest and, or with the trident on his chest. Uh-huh. And this dude spent the rest of the night with a trident on his chest and his that's ridiculous cool. jacket <laughs> And it was like, dude, that's cool though. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like seals don't just pass that shit out. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like that was a thing, right? Like this guy was cool. He was also like hilarious and he had yeah. a, a bunch of amazing other stories. But like this guy, when I talked to him, we were running around. I'm like, yo, what was it like? And like, he couldn't say enough good things. Yeah. Which says something to me because he came from another country. Right. Not even like and from a different, a like, oh, I don't want to yeah. be a chief. He absolutely loved it from another country. He was all about it. Working at the Senior Enlisted Academy, he works around nothing but eights and above. Yeah. There's not a single single junior chief on staff there. Right. You have to be an eight or above to work there. And he was still all about being a chief there. And then he said... So it's funny. He was giving his whole brief. Mm. He's kind of made a couple of jokes at the beginning of it. And the vice president up at the front of the class is like, so, well, how long have you been in the Navy as a joke? Right. <laughs> and he kind of laughed. This dude said the entire thing. Did he get it? Yes. <laughs> oh, in German. I love it. In well, German, how do you know if he screws it speech. up unless there was one person in there that spoke German? Dude, at the end, That's he went amazing. so hard. He went so hard for the whole thing. And at the end, he was like, Ick Ben Hyde, Ink Ben Hyde, and then he's like, ah, that's amazing. So intense about it, and it was like, dude, the whole room stands up, is clapping, and that's so cool. It was the coolest thing. I've never heard somebody tell me how long they've been in 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 German. In German, that's amazing. It was the coolest thing. It was so cool to see it. it I paid money to see that, but that's when it was like, that's when it clicked with me of like, you know what. I like this process. Yeah. Somebody There's like a piece to it, you know, somebody, like this dude cared enough to still know. Right. It. Somebody asked me, um, 
why we do like that kind of stuff. Like, so like what's, what's the value or the importance to like the traditional responses to those types of questions. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's like a ritual tradition, part of the culture kind of thing where it's like, there's just this universal thing where I could ask a chief that made chief in the nineties and they're going to know the answer to that. And like, I can still recite it. And I made chief, 10 years ago at this point yeah and so it's like it it's there's not necessarily like leadership development value to it other than it creates this like cultural bond yeah right and it's that's the part of it where it's like if you were going to delete parts that's not a part i would want to see go be and that that's a great illustration of why is that like because that's so cool and it like it's galvanizing for the people in that room who have no experience with the German Navy and like who have never met this dude before, but that it like it, you immediately recognize in them something that's, it's like, Oh, that's me too. Like I'm, he's one of, he's one of me and he's a German Navy master chief. Like that's, yeah, that's crazy, but it's really, that's really cool. It it was very much of a, uh, like you said it, like it's different, but that's me. But, it was, there was something about like the way he said it, where it's like, this dude has no business caring, yeah. remembering, reciting. Right. He didn't have to respond to this guy. Yeah. He's a staff member trying to give a presentation. <laughs> yeah. He could have laughed and said, ah, 22 yeah. years and yeah. moved on. Right. <laughs> and it would have been fine. But like, <laughs> dude, you're like, this was a thing. Right. Like the, when he did it, like, Literally, like it wasn't like a uh, uh, like he was hyped to like, do it. Yeah, like, <laughs> okay, we're all gonna stand up and golf clap yeah, because yeah. we had a guest speaker. Like, dude, like people were jumping up, like, yo, I want to go like high five and yeah. hug this dude. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it was, it was just so wild. Yeah, because you know when I made chief, I made I went through with Air Force guys. Yeah. And so I made it with other people. Right. And like, I know that's a thing, right? Like other branches go through it. Right. Which I think is amazing. But the fact that like, not just another branch, but like another country, this yeah. dude went through it. Yeah. And, and valued it. All and, about yeah. it. He cared enough to still remember it. And like, not only did he memorize the most ridiculous thing <laughs> to say. <laughs> he did it right? in German. He did it in German and he went like full hard, yeah. like he fake spit on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's in German, but there was, you knew, yeah, yeah. Like tri- you knew what he was saying. Yeah. And it was like, God, this is so cool. Like, as soon as he was done, it was just like, that's yeah. so awesome. That's why I asked, uh, and a buddy of mine was an FA there, uh, a guy that was, he was the first nuke FA submariner. He's an electrician um, that, uh, he was a, the, a second class on my first boat with me. And then just, he was one of those dudes that just lit the world on fire and made rank really yeah. fast. And then he was the first new cafe. And I asked him like, why doesn't the senior listed Academy have a YouTube channel? And I don't, I still think they don't, I, they might, but, uh, inclusiveness. Well, so I was saying with like all the lectures of opportunity, the lectures of opportunity and some of the other lectures and even stuff like that, that happens. And it's like, there are times where like, sure, I don't think that certain things like that should be on YouTube or whatever. Like there's certain things like, oh, they do have a YouTube channel now. Let me see if there's anything good on it. Uh, that's just graduations. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like mine might be that, on ki- that kind of, it probably is that kind of stuff. Um, 
Oh no, there's some other stuff. It looks like it's, but it's this looks like a lot of webinars. And I feel like random stuff I, that's probably not that great. But all right, I, um, I could give you another answer, but let me go pee and let my dog out. Really all right, quick. hey, like let, let's just wrap this thing up. My yeah, dude. no, like, we should. I'm starving. It's been forever. My wife's probably gonna stab me. So like, yeah, sorry, <laughs> it's all good, man. I gotta sorry, use bathroom Ashley. too, but I'm so hungry. Um, and this has been forever and I got other stuff I got to do with my life. But, uh, yeah, man, like I think that I get it. Yeah. That it's a great illustration of the value of the chief season, even though I like to criticize it. Like that's one of the, that's a cool story, man. I think I that's like what's, that's what's solidified. Like yeah. for me of like, dude, we're doing it right. In, in ways for sure like there's definitely something to it and that's why i've never been like yeah i've never gone hard and that i think it should go away i just think it could be a lot better but that's with anything so yeah, yeah, yeah. all right i hope you enjoyed that uh again always fun talking to chief bob uh, that was a really long podcast but it was super fun uh because we hadn't gotten to talk to each other in quite a quite a long time so it was it was good to get all that stuff uh, out there, man. And just like, yeah, you know, it's one of those, like we get a lot out of the experience of talking to each other besides just the content generation portion of it. So, um, I think we both kind of get a little catharsis out of sharing our experiences and stuff like that. And, um, I think it's one of the appeals of doing this for both of us. And then even the appeal of listening to it, especially for, that's what I get from a lot of the veterans that listen or retirees. So uh, with that, if you want to support us, uh, you can go to the podcast website, dguestpodcast.com. We've got a donate button there. That's strictly to pay the bills for the podcast only. Um, it's not going into my pocket at all, completely not for profit. And then uh, as we transition to more of a business model, we got dguestapparel.com. So we started, started making apparel. Um, it's the, the, the theory is naval pride and heritage gear that you'll actually want to wear in public. It's not the cringy stuff you get at the Navy exchange, right? Like, and it'll continue to expand into a bunch of different areas. I'm going to do a bunch of different rates, themed shirts, uh, coming up just so that everybody's got something, uh, you know, like, I mean, it'll take me a lot, a long time to get to everybody, but I'm going to start expanding that in a way that I think will be, uh, well received, hopefully. Um, and if you got any ideas, hit hit us up. You can email us at, at D apparel at gmail.com uh and that way you know like if you got any ideas for shirts or something you want to see us do uh happy to accommodate that obviously because this is one of the for-profit arms of this as we start to expand uh so go check out dguts apparel uh you can follow us on instagram at dguts apparel facebook and then obviously go to the site dgutsapparel.com and get yourself some sweet shirts and stuff. We got hoodies, stickers, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, and then if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You could Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast, or you could DM us on Instagram or Reddit or discord, or probably something I'm forgetting, uh, at DS podcast on all the things, uh, hit us up. Let us know how we're doing. If you got any questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for episodes, want to be on the podcast, whatever, hit us up. Uh, that's how you get hold of us there. And then if you could go to YouTube, you find us there, subscribe to the episodes, like them, comment on them, do all the things right now. It's just the episodes in audiogram format. We will eventually be expanding to video podcasts and some instructional, educational material, stuff like that. But for now, uh, if you would just be so kind as to help us get the word out on YouTube and subscribe to the channel and everything, that would be amazing. And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship. <laughs> <laughs>